Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. What exactly is a prodigal tribe? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Those words don't appear together in the Bible, but the answer is pretty clear. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Illinois and Canada. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Very often, Yeshua taught using parables, stories, and relatable examples that illustrated the points he was making. In Matthew 13, we see one of those rare examples of why he does something. Yeshua had just finished the parable of the sower. We'll pick up reading at Matthew 13, verse 9. It says, Those who have ears, let them hear. Then the disciples came and asked Yeshua, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, because it has been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but it has not been given to them. For anyone who has something will be given more, so that he will have plenty. But from anyone who has nothing, even what he does have will be taken away. Here is why I speak to them in parables. They look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding. That is, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You will keep on hearing, but never understand, and keep on seeing, but never perceive, because the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, so as not to see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and do teshuvah, or repentance, so that I could heal them. But you, how blessed are your eyes! because they see, in your ears, because they hear. Yes, indeed. I tell you that many a prophet and many righteous people long to see the things that you are seeing, but did not see them, and to hear the things you are hearing, but did not hear them. Tim, I think this is true for us today, in a different sense. While we weren't present to see Yeshua and the prophet's ministry in person, we are alive to see the realization of many things they spoke about. Also, We are alive to experience the work of the Ruach HaKodesh in this world. The signs mentioned by Yeshua and the prophets suggest that we might be the generation that sees the return of Yeshua. These are good days. Amen, Mama. These really are good days. Today, we want to talk about a well-known parable of Yeshua, the story of the prodigal son. Now, growing up in church, I heard plenty of sermons about the prodigal son. This parable was typically used in a powerful way to call sinners to repentance and salvation. In that context, the prodigal son was the sinner in need of salvation, and Elohim was the father. Sometimes, the other son in the story was said to symbolize people in the church who would not let the repentant sinner put his or her life of sin behind them. This is really a powerful parable. It really is powerful, Daddy. Since we learned the importance of Torah as context, we've seen the Bible in a new light, a light that was really there all the time. 
This parable is a great example of that. Let's read the parable and talk about it. The story starts in Luke 15:11. It says, Again Yeshua said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that will be mine. So the father divided the property between them. As soon as he converted his share into cash, the younger son left home and went off to a distant country where he squandered his money in reckless living. But after he had spent it all, a severe famine arose throughout that country, and he began to feel the pinch. So he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the slop that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. At last he came to his senses and said, Any number of my father's hired workers have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I'm going to get up and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and started back to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity. He ran and threw his arms around him and kissed him warmly. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his slaves, Quick, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, and bring the calf that has been fattened up and kill it. Let's eat and have a celebration. For this my son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's been found. And they began celebrating. Now his older son was in the field. As he came close to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, Hey, what's going on? The servant told him, Your brother has come back, and your father has slaughtered the calf that was fattened up, because he has gotten him back safe and sound. But the older son became angry and refused to go inside. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Look, the son answered, I have worked for you all these years, and I have never disobeyed your orders. But you have never even given me a young goat, so that I could celebrate with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes, who squandered your wealth with prostitutes, and for him you slaughter the fatted calf. Son, you are always with me, said the father, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead, but has come back to life. He was lost, but has been found. Tim, this really is a powerful story. Mm -hmm. To shed some light on another way to understand the story, let's look at something Yeshua said about his ministry. In Matthew 15, we read about a persistent Canaanite woman who asked Yeshua to heal her daughter. She had been tormented by a devil. Initially, it seemed like Yeshua refused to help this woman because she persisted in faith. This Canaanite woman's daughter was made whole. What Yeshua said in Matthew 15, verse 24, is especially interesting. Imagine this Gentile woman yelling for help and following Yeshua and the disciples. The disciples urged Yeshua to shoo her away like a bug or something. Yeshua replied by saying, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We now understand that Yeshua was the promised seed of Abraham. Through him, all families of the earth would be blessed, 
according to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. We also understand that Isaiah chapter 11, verses 10 through 12, is one of several prophecies about the Messiah, regathering the scattered people of Israel. These scriptures are not contradictory. There is only one Bible, and all of it works together in perfect harmony. Yeshua will indeed regather the lost tribes of Israel when he returns. Mm -hmm. He will fulfill every promise he made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the nation of Israel. Paul hints at the regathering as a blessing for the world in Romans chapter 11, verse 12. It says, if Israel's stumbling is bringing the riches to the world, that is, if Israel being in a condition less favored than that of the Gentiles is bringing riches to the Gentiles, how much greater riches will Israel in its fullness bring them? The fullness of Israel is all 12 tribes restored to the promised land. In the parable about the prodigal son, Elohim is the father. The son who took his inheritance and wasted it is the ten tribes that occupied the northern part of Israel. Their inheritance includes the blessing of Abraham and the Torah, God's instructions. The scripture records that the northern tribes fell into idolatry, adopting the foreign practices of these people that Elohim dispossessed so Israel could inhabit the promised land. The later parts of Deuteronomy are largely about the punishment that Israel would experience for forsaking their covenant with Yehovah. The return of the lost tribes has to happen. If it doesn't happen, Yehovah will be breaking his covenant with the patriarchs, including Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and his sons, Moses, King David, and all of Israel, hmm. wherever they may be. The prodigal son represents the lost tribes. The son who stayed behind represents the Jewish remnant that had held fast to the covenant for thousands of years. According to the parable, the Jewish remnant won't initially be very welcoming to these lost tribes. Look at what the father says to the angry son in the parable. The father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. And the father urged the angry son to celebrate the return of the prodigal. The scripture we read earlier in Isaiah chapter 11 hints at the sibling rivalry between Judah, the faithful son, and Ephraim, the collective name for the ten lost or prodigal tribes. Isaiah 11 verse 13 continues the prophecy about the regathering of the lost tribes with this saying, Ephraim will stop envying Judah, and Judah will stop provoking Ephraim. Now that sounds like a family squabble to me. Now think about what's going on in the news today with various factions debating over who is and who is not Israel. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and write off the conflict between Jewish people and black people as an unimportant distraction caused by some confused persons? Or would you take the red pill and pray for the will of Elohim to be done? Only you can answer that question. There are so many voices sounding off on this controversy. The disagreements are so wide that someone is surely far from Elohim's will. But still, we at Red Pill Torah see tremendous opportunity for reconciliation in what seems like confusion. We are convinced that the Father will regather everyone who is part of Israel 
and put each one in the proper place. Not one individual will be left out. How we get there is Elohim's business. The finest theology won't clear this issue up. We need to start with a little neology, getting down on our knees and praying for the wisdom of Yehovah. First, we humble ourselves before our maker, and then we humble ourselves before our brothers. Then we can move forward in love as the Torah instructs us. Please remember this dialogue in prayer and pray for a move of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Whatever is truth, let that be the focus. Our Elohim's name is involved, so this is a serious matter. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth. truth.